Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. Alrighty, Marvel fans, welcome back to our Ms. Marvel coverage. We're going to take on episode five today, second to last episode. I know I have some thoughts about it, but as usual, we're going to let Katie kick it off with her initial reactions to the episode. So, Katie, go. <laughs> well, I'm confused. I know that's a great way to start this conversation, is I am confused. I both loved and hated it somehow at the exact same time. And I think the hate might be revolving from the fact that I don't love the way that this show has been set up. I love the aspect of the show. I love the culture, the history, all of that. But I I am not a fan of the progression. I, I think it's very choppy and I think it's very messy in my opinion. And, you know, for those who listened to our episode last week, you know that one of my big concerns were... You know, everything going on, there was too much happening. We wouldn't really get proper endings for things as we move forward. There was too much to figure out in the last two episodes. And I think, especially the tail end of this episode, considering the first half was sort of that, well, you call it a, a flashback for now. Obviously, we'll address it more in, in depth soon. But the tail end of this episode very much felt that rush of, Oh no, we gotta wrap up this. Oh no, we gotta wrap up this. Oh, we gotta make sure we have a culmination for the last episode. Oh, we have to make sure that this happens. So it just, a lot happened. And it, it's all important, but it was all things that I felt should have been happening and should have been given the proper time to happen properly. Um, I know there's some very exciting things to talk about that did, like I said, all of what happened was important. It just didn't feel like it was given the time. It felt very much an afterthought to make sure that the show gets wrapped up properly in the last episode. Yeah, I had a very similar reaction. Like when I first finished the episode, I was like, oh my God, this is literally amazing. I love this show. And then I sat there for a whole 30 seconds and I was like, but like, what actually happened this episode? And then I was like confused. And then for the last like few minutes of the episode, all I could keep thinking was, why does this feel like they're wrapping everything up like it's an episode six? Yeah. And then they suddenly remembered in the last two minutes that they, one, left an entire plot thread dangling, and two, had an entire episode they still had to fill. And it was very confusing in that aspect as well, like just pacing wise I was like what is going on yeah but all that being said I loved the flashback I loved learning that it was Kamala who helped her great-grandmother to begin with or her grandmother to begin with I loved that aspect and I definitely want to dive into that further because I have some questions as I'm sure you do too Katie and so I really enjoyed that part of it. I enjoyed the family. I enjoyed that now her mom knows about her. I think actually her dad is the one who knows her secret identity in the comics. I think I read that somewhere. So it's interesting that in this case, they chose to go with her mother being the parent who's aware of her secret identity. And that doesn't mean that she's going to be the only parent. It's possible, you know, they're going to tell her dad, TBD, obviously. But I like how that kind of helped heal that intergenerational rift I thought was really very moving I cried a few times during this episode I just thought it was really pretty I may just be a little bit emotional this week like let it happen but I really enjoyed that aspect I just was really struggling with the pacing yeah and that's 100% how I felt because as you even said you know what we saw in the flashback and like I said I'm using that for now because I know we have to get into it but what we saw there, everything that happened in the last 20 minutes of it, it was all super important to the show. It just didn't feel like it was given the time to really be thought out. And honestly, like when I'm looking at where we're at now, we have one episode left. I don't recognize the show from 
episode one. And I think that's my bigger problem with it is I love that. I mean, I fell in love with this character. And I mean, for those who know, I've been gushing about it. I loved the first episode because I loved her. I loved everything about it. But I feel yet so far away from her. I don't feel like this show, and this is just, this could be a hot take. This could just be my, well, it is my opinion, but it could just <laughs> be my opinion. You know, no one could agree with me and that's fine. Everybody's can have whatever opinion they want, but I don't really feel like the show anymore has become about her. I honestly, Kamala is such a back character for me. Like she is that backburner character now. I feel like it's just more about her actual family. So I don't really feel like I'm, learning who Kamala is anymore and I, I I'm learning her family and I know that's part of her but I just feel like the weight of which we started this series and and the tone and the colorization to it to where we've ended up is so starkly different and I just don't feel like I'm learning a new superhero anymore I feel like if you told me this was any other show I'd be, like, super into it. But trying to look at it from the perspective of it being an origin superhero, and that's what this show is supposed to be about, I'm extremely, like, thrown off by it. I love that you said that, because I couldn't, you know, obviously the pacing is a problem, but I couldn't quite put my finger on, like, why I felt so disjointed by, especially this episode. I love that. It, It is such a starkly different tone than the beginning you know and I think we all kind of knew what to expect in the beginning and it hit those expectations and it's not to say that I don't want to be surprised but when you've established a specific tone or a specific way of talking about a character not even talking about the character but the way that the story is told really has changed so significantly from the first few episodes and as someone who like you really enjoyed the first few episodes I'm finding these even though they're interesting the way the story is told is not as engaging to me as I think the first few episodes were. Not to mention, it does feel a little messy, like it feels disorganized, you know. We've ignored, for the most part, the Department of Damage Control for two episodes now, other than, of course, the last scene, which I'm sure we'll get to. So that's like a whole thing that, you know, you can't just drop a plot thread for two episodes. And, you know, the whole thing with the Red Dagger and that how he's been in for, like, in and now he's gone and he just was like, bye, I hope I see you around. Like, what is that? That, like, randomly came in for two episodes. Like, I'm just confused. It felt extremely lazy to me. That felt lazy. The Even the gin, the ending to the gin felt extremely lazy to me. I thought, and, and like, obviously, we really need to hit that, but that just, I was like, oh, so that's that. It was so rushed. Yes, it felt very poorly done, and I remember, I actually said this to Taylor last week, I didn't say it, I don't believe, on recording, but I was saying it to her prior to us getting on, and I even said, it's feeling like Loki, where Loki was extremely disjointed for the sake of, the first two episodes followed what everyone thought was going to happen and not that I to Taylor's point too don't want to be surprised but it was it established one type of tone one type of show and then the next thing you know the next two episodes threw us for a total loop then the next episode threw us somewhere else and then we finished episode six so far away from where we started episode one even I was like I felt like I had whiplash yeah and this is kind of where I'm at with this show too is I just feel like we have so much that they tried to fit into this that nothing worked together the way that they wanted it to. Because, I mean, I don't feel this way about WandaVision. I don't feel this way about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Moon Knight. The tone stayed the same. They established everything. And while obviously you can have your ups and downs about all those shows, but the point was, was I didn't feel like I didn't understand where we came from episode one. I got it. I I saw the entire progression of the story, and I didn't feel like we were being rushed around plot lines. I didn't feel like characters were just being brought in to be brought in. And that is the biggest thing I said about the Red Dagger last week was I was like, so what? Is this just here? Yeah. Because that was the first feeling I had about them was, oh, good, another random group. Are they going to actually explore this with them? Or are we just going to get them and they're going to leave? Well, that's what we got so far is that... As far as the show goes, gone. Yeah. And it's disappointing. You know, I really, to your point, was enjoying this show. And I thought, you know, after last week, there was still a lot of real potential to answer a lot of questions. And I think we got a lot of answers this week. 
but they weren't the answers I wanted. And I don't want to make it seem like, oh, Marvel has to hit, you know, everything I want. That's not true because that that means you're never going to be happy, right? They're they're never going to hit exactly what you want. Right. But I felt like consistently the choices that they were making were less grandiose than they A, should have been, and at the B, very least, could have been. So let's dive into the whole going back in time thing because that was one of my biggest problems with the episode because I still don't have a clear idea and so I want to talk through this with you because I have I have some things. Right. So from the get-go, last episode and with our blog post, I pretty much wrote we have three options with where this was going. We were going to be in a memory, we were going back in time, or we were in a different universe or something of that manner was going on. So we found out we did somewhat kind of go back in time. So that was a confirmation, but that doesn't mean that wasn't extremely confusing because the problem is we've had, we've seen time travel before, right? This is not new for us. I mean, literally all of Endgame. <laughs> Major plot point. Yes. <laughs> but the Loki show has established that the Avengers were meant to go back in time. That was part of that whole thing. To, that was the only way to save the universe was like this was a meant thing to happen. And we have to remember that this is our timeline and we know it is because they've been very vocal about Kamala being in love with all the Avengers and everything that's happened has been up to par with everything that has happened, you know, since Endgame or towards Endgame. So now I'm like really thrown off <laughs> because I guess she essentially would do this. Okay, I'm just going to start with this. If you've watched Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, this is what is happening in this episode. Yeah, no, that's such a good metaphor. Yeah, and I use that because I actually don't verbally know how to explain it. Other than the fact that if you understand or have watched that movie and you kind of get what's going on there, that is the exact same thing that is going on in episode five. Which, to be fair to Harry Potter, and this is nothing against Harry Potter because we're both fans, but I still to this day don't really get how that works. I don't get it. It's such a circular... That's why I made the metaphor, because I don't know how to explain it. I just know how to relate it to something else. Like, it's such a circular logic, like, chicken and egg type thing. Like, they have to go back in time to do it, but they have to do it to go back in time. So it's like, well, what happened first? Because some initial action had to take first, or had to take place first. It's kind of the same, exactly, actually, the same idea here. You know, obviously, if Kamala doesn't save her grandmother, she's not born, but if she's not born, how does she go back to save her grandmother? I don't... Is it because Loki has shown us that every moment in time is always happening at every time? Like, is that how it works? I, we're getting into time travel, and I have literally stopped watching shows because of time travel elements, so... I am not the expert here. You all know how much we don't like time travel. <laughs> no, I used to be such a big fan of The Flash, and then they started doing time travel as a regular part of the show, and I stopped watching. I was like, no, I don't want to do this. Well, and I think the problem for me is, okay, if it's kind of like what happened in Harry Potter, I'm like, I don't love it. I don't really get it, but that's fine. Like, it's the plot device. I go with it. I go with the flow. We move forward. Fine. Problem is... Harry Potter never established time travel yeah. prior to that happening. Um, the MCU did. And so with us having an established time travel format and an explanation to it already that came out of Endgame, and then on top of that having what the TVA has told us and what we've been exposed to in Loki, this makes this part of the show extremely confusing. Because it's more... And it's not that I don't, like I said... On surface level, I get it. I understand what happened. I understand what took place. But it makes how it's happening, I guess, is the better question, the bigger problem. Yeah, I think it's honestly one of those things that they're just like, like with Harry Potter, where they're very much like, just don't think too hard about it. Like, just let it happen. And to your point, that's really hard to do when we've been conditioned as fans not only to theorize, I mean, that's just part of it, but really, especially with things like Loki and Endgame, to think about time travel in a very critical way. Yeah. So if you're going to set 
a precedent for really establishing time travel for really analyzing time travel you can't then ask your fans to just take a leap of faith for you as you're trying something completely new with time travel and not give them the explanation for how it happened because now too and I just had this thought when you were talking like those rips that we thought were like rips in a universe are those actually like the equivalent of TVA doors because that's essentially what it has to be it's not like she's going to another universe. She's clearly still in her universe because she's affecting her own life further on. Yeah, I guess what really throws me off is like, it's one of those things where everything always has to line up the same exact way in order for it to keep the story moving. So if anything happens wrong at least once, it would technically create the butterfly effect, which we've been taught is not how we are supposed to look at time travel. So... I'm just very overwhelmed with this piece. I do want to at least give credit. I know we did a shout out last week to a Twitter user who was tweeting us and she was correct. She was saying that she believed that the Trail of Stars was actually Kamala. So she was completely right about that. So congrats Good to her. Good call on that one. Kudos. Yeah, but I will say I don't get it. I don't. <laughs> I think it was, I understand the weight of it, but I don't. When you have to look at look at it logistically, it doesn't really work out for me. No, it just doesn't fit the already established rules of the universe. And so it's confusing for that sense, you know, because you can't even say, oh, well, Aisha has a different type of magic. I mean, I guess maybe you can because she's from a different universe, but that still wouldn't change the laws of time travel of this universe, even if she has a different type of power. So... It's very confusing, and it was a little frustrating. And then, you know, I guess I said before, you know, the rips have to essentially be the equivalent of a TVA door, but then we saw the rip coalesce into a door to another dimension, and it actually reminded me a lot of when Fury is using the Space Stone in the Avengers and Loki is opening it and it just kind of sits there and swirls right before he comes through because he's about to open it from the other side. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me. So I don't understand. Is it a doorway to another time? What is another dimension? Because that is still not clarified for me if it's another universe or another like part of the dimension i'm just very confused well what really bothered me as far as like confusion levels and got me kind of frustrated because i was trying to understand was the show established it wasn't a doorway because they couldn't go back yeah what was that (laughs) so i've been seeing a lot of theories about the possibility of it being related to terrigen gas or missed. Okay, thank God. And that being why both of the clandestines that were left when they went to touch it and go to it, it like kind of made them look like a cocoony sort of thing, but then they just like died because they weren't in humans. That's been a theory. If we follow this theory, which I know a lot of people have been talking about online, I've been following the discussions. If we're following this theory, we could argue that it didn't or it killed them because they aren't human because to be fair well but like this is what confuses me because is this not supposed to be their home that's why i was very confused well yeah and not to mention if kamala is descended from a jinn then she should not have been able to quote-unquote undergo terogenesis because it should have killed her the same way it killed the other jinn You know, and Kamran had the same experience where it gave him powers, but it did not kill him, yet he clearly has Jin genes. In fact, even stronger than Kamala's because he's a direct descendant versus, you know, a few generations removed. So that argument, like, while I really like the idea of bringing in Terragenesis because I've been, I mean, you all know, I've been pushing for that for weeks, it just has a lot of holes for me. Like, there's a lot of ways it doesn't work. Honestly, though, that's personally why I am having problems with the show, I think, as a whole, is that I'm kind of not following where A meets B, where B meets C, and where C meets D in order for this all to be a connecting story. So I'm extremely lost about that. I did understand that when the veil was open, the whole 
you know, you could see that it was starting to spread out yeah. and try to destroy the world. I got that. I was like, cool. Thank you for that because you're, you're, ex- or you're showing a point you were explaining last episode. But the Jin dying because of it felt a little weird because wasn't the whole, like, they've been waiting hundreds of years to get sent home. And this was supposed to be the doorway back home, but instead they died, which I was like, okay. And then, you know, immediately Kamala's like, I closed the veil. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, well, I guess she didn't. But like, the veil is closed, obviously. Well, sort of. It's kind of somewhat also delivered to Kamran. But it pretty much all happened in about, what, three minutes of the show? And I was like, were we not building up to this? So now I'm like, what are we building to in episode six? Yeah, it felt very anticlimactic, especially because I don't really understand how muttering her son's name into the void and then dying closed the void. I don't either. Not really sure. I do want to quickly post two opposing theories, two varying variant theories, if you will, for why potentially they were killed for trying to come home. This is like scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. One of them is, you know, they did mention that they were exiled. Could it be some sort of protection to stop those who were exiled from going back? I think that's entirely possible and also a very easy plot point to just keep going. You know, it's not it's not complicated. It pretty much makes things simple. The one that I like more, not because I think it's more realistic, but because it again brings in the importance of Terrigen is, and this one's a bit wild, so stay with me on this one, If we want to follow the Terrigen theory, and it still doesn't explain why Kamala wasn't affected, but whatever, is it possible that the Kree, who we know conquer other lands, conquered the Jinn's homeworld, and that Dimension is actually another word for another pocket in space? So, for example, when we see Dormammu in the Dark Dimension, he looks like he's kind of in space, right? So, is it possible that dimension is more akin to sector of space than it is to universe let's posit that theory so then say the kree have taken over the jinn's homeworld and have created terrigen gas to perhaps convert people who maybe have kree blood from generations of kree spreading out not necessarily taking over but just you know diaspora to enhance them but actually kill the people of the area so pure if you would say quote-unquote pure jinn again this is kind of a wild theory yeah but i'm trying i'm just trying to connect dots because the show's not doing it for me i mean i understand your theory the problem is is we have really about 1% of proof that would allow that to be a theory. I know. I'm just holding on to that blue arm for what for dear life. The blue arm is my lifesaver. Yeah, I just... What doesn't sit right with me right now either is... Okay, and to Taylor's point, we've been hoping and pushing for the possibility of Inhumans since the beginning of this when we believe that she wouldn't be an Inhuman because of the way that they were showing it. My other problem that kind of just blows a hole in my opinion it's so far the only two that have been able to have powers first off kamala pulls hers from the nor dimension kamran appears now to pull his from whatever the, the you know the closing of the veil the power from that did to him which is theoretically the nor dimension that's why his power looks like hers yeah well exactly but my problem with that then means that the only connection they have is not that they're inhumans, it's that they're both just jinn, and they're descendants from jinn. So that, for me, unfortunately throws a little wrench in the idea of there being inhuman still, because now the only other person is somebody else who was a jinn descendant, and that bothers me. I mean, we'll get into that, though. We'll get into Conrad in a second, but it just, it makes me feel there's gonna be a harder way to turn around all of this if they do try to pull them into being Inhumans. Unless, in some ways, it strengthens the Inhuman theory if you follow the theory that Jin is just an interpretation of Inhuman or Kree, in the sense that if they have substitute Jin for Kree blood, 
then, you know, nor dimension particles are somehow another form of pterogen, then in that case, it does work. So there are pros and cons. One other thing I just thought of when we were talking, and this may just be out of left field, but I just have, I have some questions. What is the quantum realm and how does it relate to everything else? Because we know you can time travel in it and you know you have to be kind of small, but like, is that a rule? Like, I understand quantum particles, whatever, but like, just, you know, time travel, it kind of glows the same way that, you know, that door did. Is that another way that it's less about the TVA doors and it's more about somehow connecting to the quantum realm, which you can probably travel through space and time? We'll learn more about that in Quantum Mania, but I don't know. I'm really just like pulling from anywhere and everywhere just because I have no idea. I feel like I've actively tried to avoid bringing the quantum realm into any conversation because I already couldn't really follow what was going on in Endgame enough to feel comfortable bringing it up further on. There was way too much physics involved. Yeah, I, I am a not. I am a not. Yep, I'm not. <laughs> a math. I was like. Well, if I'm going to say I'm not a math person, but then I'm sitting here and I can't speak English either. But I'm not a math person, so that was, they lost me when they were getting into all the nitty-gritties. My only thing is if you're going to bring that up, I will say, now this is not, to my knowledge, should it not be considered MCU canon, but I do know on the Disney Cruise, there is the experience, the Marvel like experience, and Kamala Khan is in the Quantumania, like, there's a whole thing, like, show thing. She is involved in that. However, take that as a grain of salt, because like I said, one, that might not be really considered canon, and two, I love you, but Sam, what are you doing there? So I don't really know if that necessarily can be taken as a full-blown connection, considering we do have, you know, good old Sam Wilson, who... (laughs) And I don't know why he'd be there. So I I don't know if that helps or just makes things worse by bringing that up. But I am just, if we're going to talk about it, I'll throw it out there. And I have mentioned time and time again, the amount of times Ant-Man has been brought up in this show. I think he's been mentioned at least once almost every episode. Yeah. I think this was probably the exception. The fir- This episode might have been the first one, even if he was not directly brought up an image of him was shown or something of that matter that tied it to him again. He is the only one, not even Carol Danvers has been brought up every episode, but he has been. No, that's very true. That's very true. He's, he's actually probably the most name dropped. Yeah. And then probably Captain Marvel. And then we also know Thor and just Thor's culture is of course really in there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, we had some pretty solid theories coming into this episode or at least I felt like they had some good logic behind them. And I feel like the show itself doesn't know what it wants to be or what it's trying to get across. And that makes it really hard to determine whether we were right or wrong because the show doesn't even know. Like, I don't know how this show is going to end. And like, not in the good way, in the sense that like, I literally just threw quantum mania at the wall, hoping, not quantum mania, the quantum realm at the wall, hoping it would stick because I am that like confused about what in the world is happening. I agree. And I I think as far as looking at where we were last episode and where we came, there were many things we were technically right about. My bigger concern was that everything that got rushed in the last 20 minutes, like I really enjoyed the flashback. Yeah. I would have really enjoyed it more if we would have not been in episode five, where we were kind of desperately getting to a point where we needed to start having things figure out and line themselves up. I would have even done a whole episode of the flashback if it was like episode four or episode three even. And we really got to see the background and everything because I really, I loved it. I was extremely intrigued. I was living through that moment. I, I couldn't take my eyes off of what was going on. And then we end up back in present day and everything happens with the snap and the, not the snap. I shouldn't use the snap happens with like a snap and everything happens so quickly. And now I just feel very thrown off. So let's go one by one. We've talked about the veil. We've talked about the gin. That was kind of just awkward. It was weird. It happened too fast. Don't really understand what it all meant, why they died. We threw some theories out that way. So we have our buddy Kareem just kind of take off. He's like, Peace out, Girl Scout. You got this. 
Okay. I saw that coming as soon as they were introduced last episode. I was like, this is not going to, this is just going to be the most random thing. And it was. They were literally a plot device to fill in like a random baby hole of like her story. And that was it. That really frustrates me. Okay, fine. Her necklace is going to be her symbol. I think that's super cool. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, that's super awesome. I really like that that's where they're going to put the origin of her lightning bolt. Oh, it's not really, I guess for us now, it's really not going to be the lightning bolt, but that's what it looks like. And that's usually what it would be in the comics. So then, you know, everything else that happens in Pakistan is like almost not important, <laughs> right? Like it's important to like her as a person and like their intergenerational conflicts, but like yeah. in terms of the larger plot and the conflict that theoretically is supposed to happen in episode 6, it really does not have a lot of bearing. Yeah, for the gearing up to a what's supposed to be a climax, it definitely is like a slap in the face. And now here's my thing. If it was something like Loki, where I knew we were getting a season two, and granted, we didn't find out until at the end, but it was it was the type of show that, like, what repercussions was it going to have? We were already kind of taking a Loki that wasn't our Loki, so it was, it was like, it's not going to be able to directly affect the MCU in the way that he's going to be appearing in it because of that. So we, we kind of knew. Problem is, is the Marvels is, like, kind of right around the corner. If no one's been paying attention to the timeline of events... That is coming out next year. And I know we're like, oh, you know, next year. No, that'll be here so fast because this time last year we were covering like, or finishing up covering like Loki. And Black Widow. We're like literally almost one year to the day from Black Widow, which is insanity. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to think of how fast things have happened, we've had like seven pieces of content since then that we have covered. So... It will be here much faster than you think, especially considering She-Hulk is going to be a nine-episode series. That's a whole nine weeks. That's more than two months that we're going to be covering one show. So keep that in mind. Things will happen very quickly. So that's why I'm like, well, there's not going to be able to be a season two that wouldn't have that would be able to happen prior to the Marvels. So I can't even be able to comfortably write off things because I'm like, no, things have to finish. So as far as the series, to your point, what happens in the rest of Pakistan, it didn't matter as far as the greater series. Obviously, like Taylor said to her, to Kamala's whole background and her family and everything, it was extremely important. But I will not lie to you and tell you I didn't have such a sigh of relief when I saw we were back in Jersey City. Oh my because gosh, yes. I knew, I knew it was, and I even... And I'll, I'll give myself this. Actually, there's a lot of small things I'll give myself throughout this episode. Because while <laughs> I miss some of the bigger things, I pick up on dumb stuff or I predict really stupid things. But I said from the get-go, this show cannot afford to end in Pakistan. They cannot afford to leave every character they establish in the first three episodes stranded in those first three episodes. That is not right. And if they did that, this show would end horribly. Because you you just... It wouldn't have been any sort of cohesion, and it just would have been messy. So I was extremely happy that we were going back to Jersey City. I was extremely happy we got Bruno back, because he is so important to who Kamala is as well. But let's get into Kamran. I have called this that I thought this was going to be a villain origin story last week, when he got, you know, pretty much stranded by his mother, and Loki a little stranded by Kamala too, who just up and let him get arrested and, you know, fled. So I'm just going to say, as I think I've said before in the comics, he uh, kind of has his own villain moments. Do I think it might be happening? Yeah, actually, now that he has the powers and everything, my concern is I really hope he's not, like, considered the big fight of the last episode. See, I, I immediately thought of you when he came out from behind the dumpster. Actually, I thought of you before he came out from behind the dumpster, because as soon as Bruno walked out, I was like, my guy Kamran's gonna show up. <laughs> and then he did. And I was like, oh man, here we go. He's gonna hurt Bruno, because you were in the back of my head. And then I was like, okay, he was like nice to him. They had this little moment where he was like, oh my god, I've been calling you Brian the whole time. He seemed sincere. And the only time he was even remotely aggressive towards Bruno was when Bruno was like, yeah, man, like you can't stay here and he's like no no no, I have to like my mom is coming so and then they had that bonding moment where Bruno was like yeah my parents are gone too so it seemed like you know there was that one moment where he was like mm, you know I'm, I'm gonna be the bad guy 
And then he and Bruno, you know, seemed to work it out. And I was like, this is going to be a hard turn if he's going to, you know, to your point, if he's going to, I say all this to say, I don't think he's going to be the bad guy in episode six. I think the only way that he could turn that quickly from having this bonding moment with Bruno to actually actively, you know, wanting to hurt Kamala is if he misinterprets what happens to his mother or what happened to his mother at the rift because he clearly wants to find his mom and he doesn't, even though she left him, which boggles the mind, he still thinks she's coming back for him and that she loves him. So I don't think he's going to be the big bad in season six. I think he could be a bad guy for her like down the road, but I don't think for an episode six we're going to see that turn. I think they might be planting seeds for later appearances for Kamala, whether she gets another season of this show after the Marvels or if she gets her own, you know, feature film franchise that's yet to be seen. I obviously don't think the Marvels is going to be the last place we see her solo, at least. I mean, obviously she's not solo in the Marvels, but just in general, she's going to have more solo outings. Perhaps they're setting Kamran up the same way that they set up Mordo in Doctor Strange, but I don't think they're just going to drop the plot thread the way that they dropped Mordo. I think this is actually a plot thread that they would be like, okay, we're going to actually pick this back up when she's done grouping up with other Avengers. Now, in terms of who actually is the big bad, let's take this scene with Kamran a little further, and we see what is now, I have to think, confirmed the Stark drones, right? Yeah. It has facial recognition, it has a Bob on board, like, it's very clearly the Stark drone. I think they're setting up the Department of Damage Control to be the big bad that happens in episode six, which is incredibly aggravating considering they have ignored them for the last two episodes. Yeah. And so while I really enjoyed the time in Pakistan, I too was really excited to come back to Jersey City because I was like, I feel like we're returning back to the actual plot. Like that was a two-episode arc of learning about her background, which is great, but at the same time, you ignored the entire plot of the show in order to do that, and, like, that's very disjointing, and to your point, I have a sense of whiplash. Yeah, I think that's a little bit why I was like, maybe Comron will end up, yeah, I mean, with everything that happened in episode four, it definitely felt like that could be a, a jumping point for him, because I, it actually would have felt more genuine and personal. Because I don't really like when there are villains that are just super, like, random. They don't really make much sense. And a little bit of a shout-out to, to my girl Scarlet Witch in MOM, because that was a little random. Even she didn't think she was going to be the villain. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, that's my favorite interview, when Lizzie's just like, yeah, I was really surprised to be the villain. And I was like, oh my God, Lizzie, don't don't talk. They're going to fire you. But it just, it didn't, it was really kind of a little random for the Doctor Strange series or like series of films and for him as a character. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so that was kind of why I was like, oh, you know, I'd really rather just watch Kamran, you know, have his moment than have them just randomly be like, oh, these, like, super sketchy, like, department people are gonna be the big bad and all this. Because it's like, okay, well, we've sort of already seen a semi-fight scene with them. Um, We don't have, we still don't have a lot of information on them. And they've been around for a while. I did do some research on them. They've technically been around since pretty much the dawn of time. They were mentioned in the first Iron Man, but they were just called Damage Control at the time. And then they progressively, they were in S.H.I.E.L.D. I did mention that we kind of know some things that were growing inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. before. So just not that I want to bring up Hydra. I really, I would like to think that that was left in phases one through three. Well, not but, to mention, you know, if you're going to talk about what's infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D., we know Squirrels have. So that right there is your connection. Yeah, and has that not been the theory that I've had from the beginning, was that these guys are either Kree or Skrulls? But, like, I just worry because if that's going to come to fruition, you've got, I mean, I just want to point out one thing before I finish my thought. This was a 35-minute episode. It was 40 minutes with the credits, 35 minutes of actual content for an episode five in which they had a lot of ground to cover and spent a solid third of it not even in present day. It was very bizarre to me to, to look at the length and see it was only 40 minutes. I was like, okay, that's weird. 
But all that to be said, now we've got one episode. You're going to bring in an alien species in what? You have to almost have a 60-minute episode in order to make that come full circle. I like your theory, but to me, just logistically, it's looking less and less likely as they kind of dilly-dally around and don't get to the point. Like, that's what this show, I think, has done in the last two episodes is just kind of wade in the water and not actually swim towards a direction. My thing is, is I feel like you can tell long and be like, logistically, that doesn't make sense because the whole show logistically was not making sense with itself that I almost am like, it is something so crazy I could see it happening. Because the thing is, is technically it would have always made sense, which is why I've been throwing it out as a theory since the dawn of time that we've been talking about this show. Because I was like, maybe not about the Department of Damage Control, but we said from the get-go, we'd be shocked to not see anything from Scrolls or Kree, at least one of them. Yeah, because what's going to bring her into the Marvels? Like, what is her crossover? Exactly. And as soon as da- the Department of Damage Control made their little end credit cameo in the first, at the end of the first episode, I from the get-go was saying, no, these guys aren't right. There's something not right here. And I've been saying, you know, I could see that possibility. At this point, that is the only possibility. If they are going to connect her in a way that's not going to just be an end credit scene, that will be the connection is that the Department of Damage Control has to be infiltrated with scrolls or Kree, and that is what's going on. Because to your point with Kamran, will he be a villain later on? I do believe so. But for right now, he is sort of on that same track as Kamala. He is being hunted. And as soon as Kamala is back, I can definitely see there being a connection there because they're now able to bond over a lot more than they already did have in common. I think, also to your point, it would be too sharp of a turn. I don't see it being able to happen. I think he'll be a villain later on, 100%. Even down to what we know of him in the comics, I definitely believe it. If the show had more time, I would have said yes, that he would have been. But we don't have the time for it. I think it would be too much of a slap in the face. But it really doesn't sit right with me that we're gonna sit here and have the Department of Damage Control be that finale when... They also have been such, even when they were in the episodes, they were in episodes, well, all the episodes except the last two, so they were in all the first three episodes, and, you know, we met the Jin in, what, the second episode already? The end of the second episode, the third episode was primarily about them, the only time the Department of Damage Troll appeared was to arrest them, and then they continued to be a big plot point for four, because we obviously saw them escaping to try to come after Kamala, and now obviously what happened in five. So. I don't know. It just feels very like, oh, we kind of forgot these guys were here. Like, we've been adding them in here and there, and now we have to remember that we have to, like, actually finish the storyline. So I'm just feeling very stressed. And I've been feeling stressed since, like, episode three or four. (laughs) Well, this has been a mixed bag of an episode. On one hand, I think we've said this a lot about some of the stuff that's come out in Marvel recently, the idea that, like, standalone it's amazing like as a standalone episode of television that doesn't need to further a plot it was quite good I found it emotional I found it really moving and I thought it was really well done in terms of furthering the plot of the series that it's in it gets a d minus in my book well and the problem with that is especially like this show for example you couldn't avoid it Like, Moon Knight, I know a lot of people were saying, you know, Moon Knight felt kind of like a breath of fresh air for the sake of we weren't being bogged down with things that related to the rest of the MCU. Um, Especially the blip, considering that was such a big thing and the snap that, you know, the first few shows, obviously, for their reasons, had to be about and made sense to be about. So I I know a lot of people praise Moon Knight for, you know, kind of getting to take a step out of the larger MCU, and we don't need to worry about where, and obviously we will because we're Marvel fan theories, but <laughs> we, as viewers, as just watchers, don't need to be stressing about how does this fit into this, how will this fit, where is this going to go, and it's not a consistent pressing point throughout the series. The thing was, was from the get-go with this, one, you knew where she was going after her show, and two... It was never something you could forget. It was consistently brought up again and again and again, her connection to the Avengers within the first three episodes when she was home. And 
just the world she lives in with the Avengers and all that. Obviously, her connection is not what it's going to be soon. So you couldn't really escape it. So you have to always look at the show as how does it affect? I mean, if the Department of Damage Control is considered the big bad now in this show, well, that's really important considering their biggest appearance was in No Way Home. Yeah. So it's like, you have to pay attention to that. You can't avoid that. It's just, it's hard. And I also, you know, I am actually pretty surprised so far we didn't get more cameos of certain people. And I, I say certain people, like, you guys don't know, I'm clearly talking about likely Monica. Am I expecting it in episode six? Yeah, because I don't think they have time in the Marvel's movie to do that. Personally, I don't know what the movie fully is going to be about. Obviously, there's not been a lot of information on it. But, you know, there's a lot of Monica and Carol rift that needs to get solved in that film. So I don't think bringing a random, like, 15-year-old into the story is going to be... There's going to be, like, time to debrief her. So I'm just a little unsure. Like, I, I think I'm going to walk out of this series. And obviously, we have one more episode left. But I do genuinely feel like I'm walking out with so many more questions than I have answers to the greater mcu yeah 100 percent. i have one last topic i want to bring up because it's something that we hit on a lot in the last at least two episodes perhaps three and i can't tell if we got further away or closer to it in this episode how are we feeling about the connection to shang chi did it make it better or worse i i don't know <sighs> i'm sighing very hard over here <laughs> the thing is is the connection was literally confirmed, right? So, like, we do have to look at it from that perspective is that episode four, I believe, or episode three, one of the two. Three. <laughs> was it three? Okay. Did confirm there is connection. Okay, cool. So then the question comes is everything that's been explained to us about the bangle, you know, we know there's a missing one. A lot of us have filled in that blank saying that it could be the rings, which would make also a lot of sense and would tie all that in too with the ending of Shang-Chi where Wong, Captain Marvel, and Bruce are all, you know, yo, the rings are calling to something. Likely the bangle, its sister or brother. Well, yeah, so I would be like totally down and I'm still gonna keep that going because they have technically confirmed it. Well, they've confirmed that there's a connection between the two franchises, not explicitly that there's a connection oh, yeah. between- Yeah, not that they're re necessarily related. We filled in those holes, that's not been confirmed, but yes, the connection between the two. I- <sighs> for lack of better words, can't really explain the bangle to you anymore. I can't really explain this whole dimension hopping thing because I feel like everything I was starting to understand was very quickly kind of undone again. So I understand that the bangle technically unlocked the power within her, which I know from the get-go we were like, so does this just not mean that she needs the bangle anymore? But she continues to wear it all the time. So that never really got answered for sure is, you know, that the bangle we've been seeing now glow and do its well, own not thing. Not to mention Aisha's eyes glowed without the bangle as she was dying. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to figure out more so like, do we need it? What's the what is happening? That that is still a question now that we have to look back at and pretty much reopen the case of because now it really hasn't been answered. I don't know. It's hard because... For what we understand, Shang-Chi was not explained that the rings give him or unlock a power within him, that they are powerful no matter who wields them. And, you know, they're going to work for whoever has them. They are the power. The bangle was sort of not explained that way, but now because she continues to wear it, it's kind of like... And it, it does its little light-up thing and it activates and it's been doing all sorts of funky stuff lately... You kind of have to be like, okay, so now is she wearing the bracelet or is the bracelet wearing her, you know? Yeah. I also, I'm very confused about the inscription. Is it a spell? Like, because it almost seems to awaken powers within it, but it's yet inscribed on it. But I also thought it was interesting that Aisha says that her husband said it to her and now suddenly the bangle's inscribed with it. So does it magically inscribe? Because it doesn't seem like she was really familiar with the, not that she wasn't familiar, but that she wasn't actively using the phrase before she met him. So it's unlikely that it would be on the bangle or why would they have said that she got the phrase from her husband? So 
that to me is also incredibly confusing because the phrase, the way it's presented in the show seems very important, but yet there is not the background and context to give it importance in the sense that we're not able to understand it fully. So my understanding is it's been explained its importance. The problem is, is that the way it was initially presented is kind of skewed because of how they then explain it. So I kind of thought the same thing. I was a little confused from the beginning because I was like, okay, so the bangle couldn't have had the inscription on it then prior to this happening. Because that's like a weird coincidence that even for Marvel, I'm like, that's just stupid. Too much. Yeah, like, no. So it couldn't have been inscribed prior to Aisha's husband saying the line to her. So there was the part of me that was like, you know, maybe she subconsciously inscribed it on there or whatnot. The thing is, is when we first heard that, we thought really deeply into what that could all mean. But then the flashback showed what it actually meant, if that makes sense. So I think we almost have to just write it off for it just being an inscription that Aisha possibly was the one who put on there. And that's that. Because, well, at the end of episode four, it made sense that, you know, what you are seeking seeks you because Kamala was seeking answers. And technically, her grandmother, the little girl, was ironically seeking her because she was seeking the stars. So, yeah, but it didn't have the same weight I think everybody thought it was going to have. It had a more of a personal thing, if that makes sense. So I think almost we can write that off at this point to be like, okay, well, there we technically got an answer for it. And it is that, you know, what she was seeking was also seeking her, but it became down to a personal thing. And I think that almost all travels down and funnels into that whole you know, it's a little weird because there's time travel <laughs> going on and you kind of have to just look at it like that. I guess. I just, I think I'm a little unsatisfied by that, to be honest. And that's why I was kind of hoping that like there was something deeper to it because, yeah, you know, obviously personal relationships are important, but when you make something that big a deal, it should, in my opinion, have larger narrative weight than just like a it's almost like a familial saying now because it's been passed down through the bangle so I guess I was just hoping that there was a little bit more to that one yeah I mean either could still be but from my understanding that was really what it was supposed to be and do I believe it to be an extremely like beautiful sort of thing yeah of course like uh, as I even started kind of expressing some of my annoyance with parts of the show earlier of course I also had to add and I'll continue to add I love the history, I love the culture, I love everything we're able to explore throughout it. I mean, I'm sure I said it, but I loved, like, that wedding scene in episode three. Like, I thought all of that is amazing. I really love deep diving into the culture. It's just more of the actual plot that is the problem for me. It's not anything to do with, you know, what's going on. It's just that the plot doesn't seem well thought out. And I do know, like, obviously we run around on Marvel social media um we're in all the talking circles and and i do know we're not alone in expressing that it doesn't feel that we've been necessarily getting some of the quality that we're used to versus we're getting a lot in quantity personally i'd like to go back to getting less and it being a little more put together in my opinion than where i feel like we stand right now that's just once again another one of my opinions of the matter is just I would like to feel like I know what's going on. (laughs) To your point, you know, when we were seeing the old movies, or you look at the old movies, they were done with a fine point pen. They were precise. You know, think about Loki's line, I always come back to this, but Loki's line in the Avengers about Dracoff's daughter. That paid off, what, 10 years later, almost? Nine years later? Yeah. 2012? Yeah, nine years later. Like, okay, it should have been not quite that many, but still. You know, how many years did it take to get to that point? That was planned so far in advance, you know? And I just feel like... Well, I mean, I think I might have said this on just a random off thing to Taylor the one day, but when we heard that Kevin Feige was just now, they were going out to that camp to, like, plan out the next 10 years, I was like... (laughs) right now like what has been going on the past and i know phase four was sort of like transitional yeah like it it was a little bit still looped into phase three so i knew it was like a little bit weird still but i was like 
So are we just like running without a plan? Like we're just full speed ahead without any plan of where we're fully going because that's where I'm starting to feel that's that's going on. Well, and my question, you know, going off of that is pandemic aside, we had planned to have a pretty much nine month hiatus between Far From Home and Black Widow. That was already planned. And then obviously we know what happened. But what were they doing in those nine months? I thought they were doing this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't seem like they were planning because things are very much all over the place. And they're, to your point, like, there are errors, I think, or lacking continuity that, whereas before we would find maybe, like, one small one in a movie and it didn't really impact the greater MCU and then they would fix it in an end credit scene. Yeah. But, like, now it's, like, general rules about time travel are being explained differently in different properties and like you can't have your actual foundational universal rules be inconsistent yeah i'm almost starting to feel like kevin himself needs to write me like a rule book oh i would buy the kevin feige rule book slash dictionary slash mcu guidebook i would buy five million copies and make it look like i had a pretty library yeah just to like go through every property and pretty much explain everything that happened and why it's important and why it was happening because i love to theorize but it's hard to theorize when i can't even predict the like where things are going to go because how am i supposed to predict when everything's all over the place yeah but i know this seems like we're upset or we're ranting I think Ms. Marvel is just symptomatic of kind of what's happening in the larger phase four, which is just a little bit more erratic than the precision plotting that we're used to. That's not to say it's not a fabulous show. I'm still very much excited to watch next week, see how it wraps up. You know, maybe they really find a really clever way to put it all, you know, put a nice bow on all of it and loop her into the Marvels and we're good to go and they're going to really impress us. But they have a much steeper hill to climb, I think, after this week than they would have otherwise. I mean, in the best of ways, and listen, everybody, I'm a realist. I am a self-certified realist. They could have the best ending. And yes, I'll walk out and be praising it. But that won't change the fact that when you look at the series as a whole, I'm going to be very unhappy with how it was done. That's fair. I just hope they don't continue this kind of downward trend and that they're able to kind of save it at the end. No, because this show very much deserves all the recognition that it can get. I think it's amazing. And this it's like Moon Knight all over again. Such an amazing dive into a different culture than what we're used to, mainly because we're really not used to seeing anything but like Captain America's culture, which is just America. And then, you know not America, because then he's a fugitive. So, <laughs> but, but we get to actually see and explore a superhero's background, which we don't get to do a lot in those bigger films sometimes. So it's amazing. And I'm so intrigued, the history, like the everything that we're getting to see with the partition, everything. I mean, I knew some of what has of that. I knew, I understood some of the history, but I, I really like that I'm seeing the impact on Kamala's family, even, you know, four generations later. I love it. I love all these aspects to it, which is why I really don't want them to screw up the plot of this show because it's doing so much for me to be able to see this culture and just really understand, you know, and, and be walking in the shoes of somebody else and love it and fall in love with it. So I don't want the plot to ruin what we're getting everywhere else. Yeah, I think that's super fair. I'm still excited for next week, regardless, but I am totally done. I have said my piece on episode five. Katie is giving me the thumbs up, so that's telling me she is also feeling good about episode five. So if you have not already subscribed to the show, you definitely should to catch our coverage of episode six next week as we wrap up Ms. Marvel Insanity. I know we say this every week, but this show has just gone so, so quickly. If you are a fan of the show and you've already subscribed, but you want to give us a shout out via a rating or a review, that is always welcome. And one of the best ways that you can support the show is by telling a friend 
and fellow Marvel fan. You can also follow our blog where, as Katie mentioned, we have lots of extra information. Uh, she does a really good job doing some deep dives on research, so there may be things that we don't mention in the show, but Katie adds onto the blog for some extra context. And last but not least, from my side, you can also check out our Spotify page, which has playlists for each of the individual shows, one playlist for all of our coverage relating to the movies, and one additional playlist for all the songs in the MCU that are available on Spotify. Make sure you guys are also following us on social media. Our Twitter is Let's Talk MFT. There we are sharing our theories and thoughts on episodes along with others' theories and thoughts and episodes where you can be tweeting us in live time and we can be interacting with you guys directly rather than, you know, through a comment here or there or whatnot. Um, we also have all our blog and podcast episodes go up on there so you can link directly to them and start listening or start reading, whichever one. So definitely make sure you guys are following us since it's easy to just get everything you need in one spot. Of course, this is a big week. We have Thor Love and Thunder coming out. So if you aren't, I guess by the time you're listening to this, this will be Friday opening weekend. So make sure you guys are definitely getting to go see it so that you guys can listen to our podcast covering it afterwards. Uh, super exciting. And then of course, We'll be getting into Miss Marvel Episode 6, the series finale, since I don't know if it'll have a season two or not. So we'll call it a series finale next week. So big week, lots coming out. Uh, make sure you're keeping up with everything as Marvel just blew your mind. So let's talk about it. 